Tracy and Emily are smart lovable sisters who really love Lucifer for the plot. Yeah, the plot, which they overthink. What's up y'all? I am here with my sister, Emily Guy Birkin. She does not use a hyphen. I'm here with my sister, Tracy Guy Decker, and she does use a hyphen. And together we are Lightbringers, where we illuminate the deeper meaning of the crime-solving devil TV show. And you bet your ass we're overthinking it. <laughs> so much overthinking, especially this week. Yeah, I got a lot to say. Oh, uh, so do I. So today we're talking about 307 and 308. Off the record, and Chloe does Lucifer. Yes. So let's take them in order. Let's take them in order. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll start with, you were just telling me that we we had thought that maybe off the record was pushed forward out of season mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. but now in rewatch, we're thinking maybe not. Yeah. Well, cause I, I, I used to know which four were, were from season two that got pushed to season three. And then I think it was last time yeah. I was naming them and I came and up then with, five. with five. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I included this one and I realized, I think, no, this was always intended to be in season three. Um, and, and you can tell because it, it bookends it, nicely. Yeah. They talk to one another with the, yeah. with the death, uh, with Reese's death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes it clear to me that this, that uh, even though this is a pattern interrupter of, a, of an episode, which is true of the other four, it still it was intended to be in this season. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. It is definitely a pattern interrupt. Um, it's really interesting in terms of the story construction, in terms mm-hmm. of some of the things that I love about the show, i.e. the dramatic irony when we know mm-hmm. something that the characters don't, mm-hmm. especially in rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> when there's mm-hmm. even greater dramatic irony, because I know the reveal yeah. at the end. But even without that, even without that, just watching it, it was solid storytelling. It's you an know? amazing story. Yeah. Um, like just really solid storytelling from, you know, there there's several reveals. Mm-hmm. And also there's dramatic irony. So mm-hmm. because from the from the beginning, we know that Lucifer is the man who's sleeping with Reese's wife, but it takes a minute for it to be revealed that Linda is the Mm ex-wife. Right. And then like, there just was several moments of like, well, and the fact that it took Lucifer until the very end, very end, (laughs) like the last, yeah. The very end to realize that Reese was talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Even to the way that once you, have seen the whole thing and get the final reveal that this is in mm-hmm. fact a hell loop, realizing that Lucifer is explaining in the hell loop to Reese how hell works. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something so like meta about yeah. that yeah. like loop that is really satisfying. It really is. It really is. Particularly when with the, the ends where you pull out of that door uh-huh. and, and so like he could get up and walk out and he knows it. Because it was on, revealed to him on some, on some level, level, he knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a heartbreaking episode in a lot of ways um, because even in his monstrousness, Reese is a sympathetic character. It's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because he does become monstrous, and he only realizes it when Linda gets hurt. Like not even when that innocent woman dies of the poisoning mm-hmm. does he recognize his own monstrousness mm-hmm. it's only when the one person he truly cares about gets hurt because mm-hmm. of his actions that he can see it and that actually 
it struck me that when he went to see the serial killer, Alvin Kapitsky, um, the serial killer had more self-knowledge than Reese did. Like he, he was more able to be like, I knew this day would come. And yeah. And conscience. Cause he, yes. was, he said, I'm on my meds now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be better, but you know, do what you got. It's really hard. Yeah. The fact that in that interaction, it was the supposedly stable, like, I, I, I don't want to use the word sane and insane or anything like that, but right. the supposedly stable person, the mm-hmm. one who did not have tinfoil over his, his windows, who was baiting the unstable one to return to his like evil practices mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um for and- at that point no he does know that he does know that he's the devil at that point right yes yes mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and alvin kapitsky even is somewhat uh sympathetic mm-hmm. even though what he did was warped. horrific totally warped but yeah they well they made him a serial killer who had um the motive was I don't want to use the word sympathetic because that's, that's too, it's a step too far, but comprehensible. Yeah. It wasn't just like petty jealousy or, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, it was, it was a reaction to, uh, an injustice of sorts. Mm -hmm. And obviously murder is unjust. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) nothing that any of those people do did deserved death. Right. But the motive was actually like a warped sense of some sort of justice or truth as opposed to just like in the future, we meet a serial killer. Who's just psychopathic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And there's, and there's, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing nice and righteous that's been warped. He's just Mm -hmm. warped. Right. Mm -hmm. And when he says, you know, like, I'm trying to be good, it's really hard. And and like, he has, he has the self-knowledge. He has the, the understanding to recognize that what he was doing was, not mm-hmm. acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, to say to say the least. Right. Uh, the there's something very similar between Reese and the, the serial killer, and that is, in some ways, a refusal to accept something mm. that just is that you don't want. Mm. Um, and I I've been thinking about that a lot with with Reese, uh, just in part because I've been thinking about how human beings respond to awful or unpalatable truths and you can either accept them and continue and move on with that information or you can say i reject this there must be a way around Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and so past two years have shown that there's a lot of people yeah and i mean if we're gonna overthink it uh since that's what we do like as you're talking i'm realizing not accepting truth is is what causes our suffering Mm-hmm. Um, that is the cause of suffering and which is really interesting now that I'm like layering that over Lucifer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think the cause of Lucifer's suffering is often that he refuses to accept. Yes. What, what is absolutely true. We, we see that in the next episode, although I, yeah. I don't want to get there quite yet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and that, so I want to, I want to take this a little bit deeper um and it's going to be a little dark so apologies okay um so i've been thinking about this episode in terms of the events of last week uh we're recording this a week after the uvalde tragedy tragedy Mm -hmm. and so there's there's a couple things that that it brings up now the the refusal to accept truth that 
is something that we have seen certain members of our culture fall to mm-hmm. in the wake of these tragedies. Like, mm-hmm. oh no, no, like good guy with a gun would have saved, would have fixed right. this, you know, or, I, or I, even the the horrific, like the Alex Jones, they were actors. Yes, like, yes. The, the, and, the, the, the cognitive dissonance is such that like. I, the very first time I learned that there were Sandy Hook deniers, mm-hmm. my first thought was uh, sympathetic because my first thought was like, if you could believe that, why wouldn't you? If you mm-hmm. could believe that it was crisis actors, it was a false flag, that it was a conspiracy. And then children died, children who died in, mm-hmm. in fear, like, okay. And it was only after I realized how far these people were willing to go to protect that truth in their heads that I realized, no, no, I, I, I can't have sympathy for mm-hmm. someone who refuses to accept the truth. Um, so I'm thinking about that in terms of um, with Reese and how difficult and how frustrated Linda was, you know, you see her, she's trying to be as gentle as she can be mm-hmm. um, until she finally loses her temper and says, I've been patient because I care about you, but this is over. Stop mm-hmm. sign mm-hmm. the papers. Mm-hmm. And even then he does it just to be able to get to the next tactic, get to mm-hmm. the next strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is no negotiating or working with someone like that. Um, and it's completely understandable why their marriage would fall apart. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have no doubt that they truly did care for each other and that Mm -hmm. he truly loved her and she truly loved him, but his inability to let go of anything would be impossible to live with. And I feel like we're seeing that on a larger scale in our society where we have people who, for whatever reason, are encouraged to not accept the truth and uh, how difficult that is to live with. Yeah. So that's one thing that brought up. And then the other thing that, that this brought up um, is again, specifically um, it's not shootings in general, but the Uvalde shooting um, the story from the police department has changed and changed and changed and changed. And I have seen, um, some journalists talking about journalistic practice, which is that you treat police statements as not needing to be fact-checked. Now I'm not a journalist exactly. I'm journalist adjacent because I write about money. Um, I didn't get a journalism degree, so I don't have like those best practices and things Mm -hmm, like that, but mm -hmm. I do, you know, I do live in the world of, you know, if you have a quote, you have to, you know, fact check it and blah, 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 blah. Um, And so I've been thinking about that fact and how I just accepted that. Like, I knew that that was part of what, Mm. uh, what journalists do. And I was thinking about it in the interaction between Chloe and Reese, Mm -hmm. when she, she says to him, like, I do something that actually benefits the world. And considering the fact that there are so many abuses of power that are only brought to light because of people like Reese, it just, it hits very different this week than it would have if I, if we'd done this three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting too, within, within this episode, thinking about that interaction of the cops and the, and the journalists, which in, in this episode is definitely sort of um, antagonistic as opposed to what you're talking about, but there's also very clear sort of performative nature to mm-hmm. Chloe's behavior while mm-hmm. Reese is paying mm-hmm. attention. Like you see yes. her cringe at 
Lucifer's antics in ways Mm -hmm. that are, we are definitely meant to understand she's cringing because the reporter is there. She hands him the gloves gloves. and is like, like you always do. And Mm -hmm. he, no, I don't. And, tucks it in his and pocket. She, when she goes to find him and she's like, I need my sober uh, consultants, although that may have just been because they were still early in their their working. Yeah. Come to think of it. Right. Because they they uh, that was they before make clear she was knew only, he was a. Uh, yeah. It was only um, a few weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. It was only a few few weeks. Yeah. Ago. And I think that might have been before she knew he was a journalist. Um, but yes, there is very much a, a performative nature, which, again, that hits. Mm-hmm. That hits different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of that is like anytime you have a, a third party observing yeah. your work. And for the showrunners, that was all about that was- Chloe's character, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, you know, I mean, they, they even say it out loud, like, oh, sure. Former B movie actress now with mm-hmm. this kooky consultant, like she's very aware of her image and how she comes mm-hmm. off and, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and needing to like overcompensate for the fact that she took her top off when she was mm-hmm. 19 or whatever. So like for the showrunners, that was all about like the character, but I do mm-hmm. think it's interesting to look at it as a, you know, maybe a bit of a microcosm to mm-hmm. the bigger issues that you're, that you're pointing to. Well, and it, it gets to like, one of the things that, I mean, I, I've been feeling just, emotionally nauseated since last week. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I have been spending time thinking about is the amount of propaganda I consume mm-hmm. um, and how, if there's going to be a point in time where I can't watch Lucifer anymore, you know, and uh, like I, I stopped watching Brooklyn nine, nine. Yeah. I can't watch after George either. Floyd was, was murdered. Cause I just couldn't, I just couldn't watch it anymore. I can't, yeah. you know, it's not funny it's, anymore. It's not funny. Silly hijinks as much as I love all of the, 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 the actors cast. and in the cast and, and everything. Um, and the writing's pretty damn good too. Um, and it's Michael Shore who, who you and I both love, mm-hmm. but I, I can't do it. I can't revisit it just thinking about the amount of reverence that is just baked into our cultural DNA towards a state program that carries out extrajudicial killings with no consequences and traces its roots back to slave catchers. catchers, Yeah. Um, Why, why, what, how? (laughs) I think, you know, the why. (laughs) I like, I know all of it, but it's also, it's, it's, you know, you know, it's interesting that I actually, we don't have time to get into this, but I'm, I'm going to be thinking about this a little bit because yes, yes, yes. To all of those things. I'm thinking about the specific propaganda that I appreciate personally. Mm -hmm. And it is this mold like castle, which Mm -hmm. if this is castle, Lucifer Mm -hmm. and castle are like the same show. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, here he's the literal devil. And there he's a, you know, crazy murder mystery writer, but, but that sort of like free spirited, mm-hmm. you know, larger than life personality, not a cop consultant. Yeah. yeah. And then Odd the couple. romance yeah, and then the romance yeah. between the hard boiled female detective mm-hmm. and the f- free and wild, whatever. Um, and Zootopia, is another piece of propaganda that I adore, yeah. Yeah. which again, it's the same show, mm-hmm. right? Nick Wilde is Lucifer. He and, totally is. And Judy Hopps is Chloe. Like she totally is. I right. like it's this like, and that this is the show. This is the, the version of propaganda mm-hmm. that I really like, which I'm like, 
what is what is it what is it what do you call it when you put yourself into the you, you, Mary you Sue? A, is that what like uh, is with that, a self-insert but the, yeah yeah but yeah. The Mary Sue yeah yeah like I wonder if like I think of myself as some sort of like hard-boiled tough as nails kind of a well uh, some of that because uh, now that you say that you know x-files follows a similar pattern um and uh I think some of that is that we are as as gen x women were so starved for strong female characters growing up in a lot mm-hmm. of ways and starved of strong female characters who had like equal romantic partners mm-hmm. um so my, my boys and i've been um watching um star wars we watched the original trilogy my eldest now wants to watch the other six and i'm like yeah no no we, we don't have to watch the other six. <laughs> Such but, a snob. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, at the point when Luke, you know, learns like he has a sister and it's like, search your feelings. I'm like, it's the only other woman in the entire galaxy. We see one other woman in the entire three films. One. So, like, yeah, of course that's a sister. Who else would it be? Right. Because it's <laughs> never met another woman. Well, his aunt, but he knows she's aunt. dead. Okay. But she's dead. <laughs> And then uh, Leia had this strong female character, but again, she was the only version we got to see. And um, she wasn't hard boiled exactly. She was strong, but she also like watching it now, this is totally far afield, but watching it now, like the caregiving that she is required to do, even as the, like the toughest, like she, like the toughest nails stuff, like she has it, you know, like get out of my way. You walking carpet or whatever the yeah, line yeah, yeah. is. But then like her whole frigging nerf herder, her planet just got destroyed her planet. And she's comforting Luke over losing Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan who he met yesterday. Three days ago. <laughs> so like so that I like, actually, this there's is, tough as nails, but then there's also this caregiving that she's, she's required to do. Everybody's mother. Yeah. When we got to that scene, in a new hope, I turned to my kids and I said, what she is doing is called emotional labor. Remember, she just lost her planet and his friend who he's only known a couple of days has just died. It's really inappropriate that she should feel the need to comfort him. <laughs> yes. Which is, you yeah. know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, like Chloe actually tries mm-hmm. to be a caregiver for Lucifer repeatedly. She, she does. Talk to me. Tell yeah. me what's going on. I can't yeah. help you if you don't talk to me. Yeah. And you know what? That appeals to me too. Like my, my, my favorite Lucifer moments are when he's devastated, which is just fricked up is that? (laughs) I mean, like, and, and and Reese, quite honestly, like his devastation is attractive, you know, in a weird way in that, like, not that I like, I condone or think anything is okay with what he's doing. And I want him to freaking leave Linda alone. She clearly has made herself clear, but yet, you know, seeing like when, when uh, his assistant's like, Hey, your wife's in there and he gets, Oh, Oh, and he fixes his hair and he's, he's excited. And, and um, and then that devastation after she's like, makes herself clear. Like there's something very, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but just it, it's, it, it tugs. It's a, it's a pathos, I think. Yes. And it's a specific kind of pathos that we have been trained to oh, react to. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's definitely social conditioning that we would react to that specific pathos. Yes. And I like, 
don't know how to root that out. It's been there pretty deep. (laughs) So um, to get back to this episode and the way that it is, it's set up and that, that like what we're talking about, about propaganda and, and things like that. I wonder if we and the generations that come after us are going to be more questioning of things. Mm. So I don't know if you can recall this, but I was like four. I mean, I was tiny. I wanted to be a police officer for a short period of time. Do you have any memory of that? I don't think so. Um, Do you remember why? um, You you often had like a very specific reason why you would want something. I wanted to help people. And so I remember being at mom's store and telling one of her customers that I want to be a police officer. And they're like, that means you'd have to carry a gun. Are you okay with that? And mom was furious. She was like, she's a four-year-old. And I have been thinking about that. Like I, that stuck with me. Like, you know, here it is 39 years later. And I remember that. And I am wondering like, where did that come from? Was that just the general, like kind of crap bullshit that people put on kids? Like, oh, you want to do that? You know, there's no money in it. Or, oh, you want to do that? Like, you know, you're going to have to do this. Or like, I'm like, maybe they're, you know, I very much doubt because I, as I remember it, they, they were white customers of our mother's art gallery. I doubt they were very concerned about police brutality, <laughs> but they could have been aging hippies. <laughs> and so, and I'm wondering like, um, you know, if my kids were that little now and were saying they wanted to, to grow up to a police officer, I, I know I would not be like, oh, honey, that would be great. I, I, I might I might say, oh, if you want to help people, you know, there's lots of helping professions. You know, there's social work and teaching and like kind of steer them and have the deeper conversations as they get older. But I, I have been wondering about that, if that the, the mystique is going to be changing oh, in sure. some way. No question. I mean, it already um, is like the, there are recruitment problems in every single yeah. police department in, in a major city in this country, I think. I, I know there are in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. Yes. I'm going to bring us back quickly to the very end of the, this episode off the record, because yes. you mentioned it, the pan out when we see the room and you have noted to me before, because in this episode, Lucifer says the doors aren't locked. You can leave anytime and no one ever does. Mm-hmm. And this is the, like, this is the Redditor question. This is the question, the overthinking question that everybody's like, well, what happens to the psychopaths who feel no mm-hmm. guilt? And you have an answer because of this episode. So lay it on me. So when you pan out, you see that there is no lock on this door. It's open, but there are doors that are locked. They have like chains, chains, like X's, chains and X's. So, um, so like that must have been theoretically, that must have been what the goddess was was stuck in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause when we see it, Mm-hmm. when he dies mm-hmm. and he goes down there, we see the door open and like chains kind of hanging. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so, and then presumably people like, uh, you know, Hitler and Pol Pot and Mussolini and Dahmer well, and any, any of sort of sociopath or psycho, I don't know the difference. So maybe one of, our, I, one one of, of our... them's not, one of them's not real. And one of them is, Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. One of them's not in the DSM and one of them is, and I can't okay. remember which is which I think I don't know. I don't know. But for the people for whom that switch is broken, that mm-hmm. empathy switch, um, and they, they genuinely cannot or do not feel uh, the mm-hmm. empathy and, and guilt mm-hmm. for hurting others. I mean, yeah, those people you just listed, I think are those people. And I think there are actually 
a lot more of them in there's society. there's one that we know personally unfortunately that is true um, um but she's not there yet though <laughs> i was thinking of somebody else so there's at least two that we know personally actually oh okay um, i i think that is i just think that's a really interesting point because that is the thing that like spins people up on reddit about mm-hmm this vision of the afterlife and at least subtly the showrunners actually gave us an answer with those chains Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah okay let's move on to the other episode chloe Chloe does lucifer Lucifer. (laughs) okay now this is the episode i have a very low embarrassment secondhand embarrassment tolerance i think i've I've said that before um in the the episode where lucifer is in the um the mental institution that awful date I, I can't watch but I, I sat through it for the rewatch when he's coaching her at the top meet party I cannot <laughs> like I physically am like no I reject this and she's like oh, can't do it and I know there are a bunch of people like oh my god it's so funny I'm like I I, I feel like I'm dying watching that. so funny <laughs> it, it hurts so bad that secondhand embarrassment is just like I feel twisted up inside and so like I even this one I was like all right I'll watch it because you know we're we're gonna be talking about it I was like nope don't need to see it (laughs) cannot do this I don't I don't have that I don't have the reaction to that one I do get that I definitely get that that's why I was never a Seinfeld fan because that's like the entire humor premise for the Seinfeld I I just can't I can't um but this for whatever reason it didn't bother me so much I guess because ultimately what that train wreck proves is that Chloe actually knows who she is and what she, you know, like it, and so it, 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 it actually like validates Chloe, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. despite the embarrassment. And so I, I guess maybe that's why it, it feels a little yeah less inside twisty to me. Yeah. Yeah. I will say as I'm overthinking it, this episode, it's got me thinking about, so like, like the, the ultimate truth that lucifer doesn't want to accept in this one is mm-hmm. that fancy sophisticated people uh are not better in any way mm-hmm. than boring shoes and in some ways are worse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that makes sense um sort of in the arc of the show and like how debaucherous and whatever fun loving lucifer is and also he is thousands of years old and spent most of that time in hell where all of those sophisticated fancy people or i would think a large majority especially of the the ones who do end up there yeah. are the frauds right yeah. um yeah so the sophisticated fancy people that he would have known as souls in hell he would have known were dumbasses right who are just pretending I, well, I could see him saying like, well, those aren't actually like, it's the no true Scotsman fallacy. You know, it's like, oh, they're, they're not really sophisticated, fancy people because they ended up here. If they were, they wouldn't have ended up here. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe for sure. And that's, that's what I've been playing in my head a little bit Mm -hmm. since I rewatched the second episode that and also just like holding on to the the memory, the the monopoly and the face painting and the lollipops, mm-hmm. which becomes actually a touchstone in the future mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. For, that he comes back to. And thinking about this moment in sort of the arc of their friendship and 
romance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where he, he ran away and, and then he, you know, and like, just remembering too, as we talked about on the show, it's been several episodes now, but when that moment with the poisoner, uh, mm-hmm. serial killer who, who poisoned Chloe when he was like, this is real, isn't it? You know? Mm. And then later when he was like, I will do any, everything in my power to fix this. And she says, I know from her hospital Mm -hmm. bed, like Mm -hmm. the strength of that bond that, that has been tested and, and stretched and whatever. And then the sort of domestic pleasantness of Mm -hmm. the monopoly game. Mm -hmm. And it's still platonic. And it's still like, it's, it's just, I'm not complaining. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of holding all of it, like with yeah, this moment yeah. as a touchstone, which he starts to see, but not enough to actually like fully embrace it because the mm-hmm. final scene, he stole the little shoe piece, but we watch him take his robe off in the mm-hmm. reflection on the, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the piano with another woman mm-hmm. um, who he knows won't be interested in Monopoly or. Well, he, uh, you know, I do f- feel like at this point in their relationship his understanding is that they can't be together in any way other than platonically right because well that's his understanding because of his limiting beliefs yeah 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 because the way he's thinking about the fact that she Mm -hmm. was a miracle baby Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that he he believes and actually this while we're overthinking it (laughs) his thinking that's the only way is actually if we're going to be as generous as possible, him respecting consent. Yeah. And, and, and recognizing that because she was created and put in his path, she's incapable of actually withholding Mm -hmm. consent. Mm -hmm. And therefore Mm -hmm. she cannot give authentic consent because of the nature of her existence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that, that view of it um you know one thing i i I forgot to mention uh in the um off the record there's a very tiny moment um when they find the plastic surgeon who has the scar on his face Uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh dan is saying to to lucifer like that was good detective work you realize that um you know his scar made him resent the people around him and lucifer goes from smiling to like a very briefly like "Hmm." like he he his face falls. Um, and it's, it's, you know, he's connecting it to himself, like mm. how, you know, his, his own face and, and, and all of that. And it's right after that, that he starts like brutalizing, <laughs> talk about police brutality, uh, the, uh, the, the, the plastic surgeon and lets his face be seen by, by Reese, although he has no idea that Reese is there. So, that connects to me with what's going on here is it's showing like now that was early on in the chronology of of lucifer's story right but it shows but we his, interacted um, it with it yeah here yeah but it shows his level of insecurity mm-hmm. and i feel like the whole like shoe versus top hat thing i mean obviously that's his insecurity but it's like a reflection of you know like the only thing that makes me special is being fancy mm-hmm. And Mm. if I'm not fancy, I'm not special. Yeah. Worse, worse than not special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I got to say one thing, like nothing against the actor who plays him because I think he does a very nice job, but I do not find the guy playing Mac, the, uh, the, the, Mm. you don't find him attractive (laughs) as attractive at all. And they put a picture of him next to Kim. And I was just like, I'm really not seeing where he's a pretty boy. And she's (laughs) like, 
like she's a plain Jane. Yeah, like she looks pretty nice to me. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I, I don't really, I, I'm not clear on this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which All again, right. like, I don't want to, I don't want to give that poor actor a complex well, or anything. <laughs> uh, thankfully, it's unlikely he will see it. Let's <laughs> see this. But I do Hi. love. <laughs> hey there. Hi, Mac. Um, did they let you keep any of the pictures of yourself? <laughs> Or the head that looked like it had gum on it. <laughs> it looked like a Keith Haring painting, like come to life. Weird. It was yeah. weird. It was very um, weird. So, and then there was the Roy Lichtenstein version of his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, so I've noticed anytime you've got a character who's got lots of pictures of themselves, like him and Jensen Glory from uh, um, yeah. uh, a trip to Stabby Town, like, is, th- is that a common thing in LA? Is that I like, I don't know, but that, that is definitely shorthand for someone. Yes. Yeah. A fraud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So there's something in, uh, Chloe does Lucifer that I want to talk about. I mean, there, there are other things, there's several things, but there was one thing that bugged me. Okay. And that was the, I've turned so many men gay. They call me the skillet. Mm-hmm. Like that whole like joke line mm-hmm. that came up several times, like Oscar Wilde was straight when Lucifer met him, like. Uh uh-uh. nope doesn't work like yeah. I that's another one of those they want their cake and eat it too like we saw in the baby carrot mm-hmm. episode like it's not that's not representation mm-hmm. I actually found that a little offensive yeah. like just the whole not that he has sex with men mm-hmm. but that he would talk about it in that way yeah it just it just was gross. I, yeah, I yeah. that really, that actually really kind of bothered me. Yeah. Which I don't think I saw on the first go through. I, I, but. the, the, the skillet line did not bother me the first time, but the thing about Oscar Wilde really did. So it was just like, don't, don't take away from this icon who, who is a, yeah, he's an who, icon to so many today to so many. Yeah. as a role model. And also it is who he was and yeah. he suffered for it. Yes. That's it. That's it too. Like if it like, had been, I don't know, like Liberace, well, I mean, Liberace suffered for it too. I mean, not like, in the I, same I'm way, not in the not same, in the way, same way, obviously, did. obviously, yeah. but he lived, clo- I mean, closeted, um, his entire life. Which, yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely suffered. I, but, but, but not like wild, not like wild did. I mean, like yeah. wild was imprisoned and things like he yeah. really was tortured by the state uh, yeah. in some ways for, yeah. for his sexual orientation. And, and so to just, I don't know, it just felt it's... glib. And also it felt too, like, as much as the show talks about, like, don't say the devil made me do it. Like they're going to mm-hmm. say that the devil made me gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like that's, the whole, ugly. like th- yeah. that is ugly. I mean, the whole, <sighs> the fact that the, queer folks are born queer and they're made queer by God. Like, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. Like, and he could very easily have, they could very easily have made it a joke about like sexuality being a spectrum. And like, I helped them find this side of yeah. the spectrum that they didn't yeah. realize was there, yeah. you but know, the, instead yeah. of it being the, like, the I flipped it. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, that one, that really stuck in my craw. Um, mm-hmm this, this go around. I feel like there was one. Oh, oh. And then the, the other thing that maybe we could talk about is Ella and Charlotte. Mm, yes. 
I feel like Ella would have questioned the shadow program a little bit more. A little sooner. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a forensic scientist. I mean, think it through. Well, also an employee of the, uh, of the LAPD, like, could she just go to the Lieutenant and be like, uh, sir, is this a thing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess Matthew, I mean, uh, Tom, what's his name? Holland or Welling. Hollander or Welling or Wellinger, whatever his name Welling. is. Welling. It's like Maybe. Ellis, but take off the S and add a W and an NG. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> that dude must have had the day off or something when they were. Well, they did say he's still recovering. Oh, from recovering that. from the gunshot. Right, gunshot, right, yeah. right. He did. He, it's true. He did take a shotgun blast to the so torso. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. I'll buy it. So, I'll buy but it. You, you, I'll buy it. Then, like, am I going to get an email about this? Is there yeah. anything official? You don't have to fill out any paperwork to show that. Show me your ID. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. Like, cause again, we're, we're getting to know the real Charlotte. We never, we never got to know. No, we know. Yeah. We never met her. Um, But we are finding like, she, she takes shortcuts. um, Mm -hmm. And, and that's kind of what Ella is, is, is her shortcut. Like, yeah. To goodness. I do think it's interesting. (laughs) My, the, the visual gag of, Ella trying to get in the elevator before then, uh, before Charlotte gets there. Well, first of all, there's the huge number of people. So she's to wait for them. And then there's an old man with a walker that she's pushing. <laughs> and then when Charlotte catches up with her and the the uh, the cop's like, hold the elevator and, and is like, can it close the door? Like, I'm not Mother Teresa. And, she, and Ella is like annoyed at her. I'm like, you were doing the exact same thing. <laughs> it's just a very funny. It is. Moment. It is. Although in Ella's defense, Ella was trying to avoid a specific person. Yes. <laughs> and Charlotte's like, I'm not going to wait for a stranger. Yes. There's a little bit of a difference there. Fair. Totally fair. I do appreciate that Ella, when Charlotte is like, I'm trying to be better. And Ella's like, okay, well, you know, it was good. You helped us catch a killer. And she's like, yeah, I stole the, uh, the paperwork. Um, <laughs> like, E for effort. <laughs> So like, I appreciate that because you do kind of have to like, it's baby steps. It's yeah. baby steps. If you're used to cutting corners, it's going to be hard to say you got to do everything straight and narrow. Yeah. That I also pr- really love the, like the, no, I cannot count the number of times I allegedly helped them make that mistake. What? what? I said allegedly. Just <laughs> yeah. help her to del- deliver that line. So beautiful. Oh man. Pretty man. Awesome. She's a hell of an actress. Yeah, she really is. She's pretty awesome. So, um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate that pairing just because they are very much an odd couple. Yeah. 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 They are. Um, yeah. and even just like, it's a much greater difference, but, uh, Trisha Helfer in her heels standing next to Ella uh-huh. it's funnier when it's Linda. Cause she's only like five, one and I yeah. think Ella's yeah. like five, four, but it's still just like, are you the same species? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally. You're so tall. You are totally. so short. So the other um, pairing that we get out of this episode is a Menadiel and Linda mm-hmm. kind of um, reconnecting and, and I, I so appreciate that he goes to help her out mm-hmm. because the moment, yeah, the moment he, he hears, like he, yeah. he, he leaves Lucifer in order to go check on her. And I, to give Lucifer credit when he has an appointment, like he says, I want to know how you're doing. Yeah. And like, um, and that's actually another thing from, um, 
uh, another like little moment from um, off the record when uh, Linda tells Reese in front of Lucifer, he's my friend. And you can see that he's like, I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's, it's clear he takes that seriously. Mm -hmm. Like we all want the approval of the people that we admire. Yeah. Yeah. Even the devil, (laughs) even the devil. Yeah. In some ways, especially the devil. Yeah. Yeah. At least in in this incarnation, in this incarnation, incarnation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've been overthinking it for quite a while now. Uh, I'm not look. I'm not watching the time, but I feel like it's been a minute. Uh, So perhaps we should transition to some fluff and then say goodnight. Some fluff. Yes, definitely. What you got? So, well, I've got two things. The first is that uh, when Lucifer in off the record goes to talk to Reese when he's like, you know, I'm just going to punch him in the face. And like, he thinks that Reese wants to be with him. And he's like, I'm, I'm not interested, not because you're a man, because I don't find you attractive. And like, there's a part of me that's like, first of all, how dare you? Reese Getty is a good looking man. <laughs> Look at those eyes. <laughs> so funny. <How> dare you? <laughs> like, like it's, it's, I mean, Tom Ellis and whoever that actor is, not exactly in the same league but still look at those eyes <laughs> and he cleans up really nice all right all right <laughs> that's my that, that's that's my first thought it's just like you know you don't have to insult him a and b like what is wrong with you <laughs> he's a good looking man <laughs> well i mean the insult gets even more because he's like you know there's a chubby guy over there <laughs> looks slow you reach around <laughs> yeah, right, right that's what it was oh thank god the kid was not in the room for that <laughs> mom what's a reach around <laughs> ask, ask your dad um yeah uh, yeah okay all right all right i'll take that as some fluff what else you got you got anything else so the only other fluff is um i don't when i rewatch I generally skip um, Chloe does Lucifer because um, because of the embarrassment, the embarrassment factor. And it's just uh, there's there's only a couple of scenes in it that I really like. I I love the beginning scene and the and the the unicorn. Um, And so I'll I'll watch that and I'll maybe fast forward to Linda and Amenadiel on the beach. And, and, you know, that's about it. But my favorite Lucifer gif or gif, I'm agnostic on pronunciation. is the one where he's uh, pretending to be Lucinda and he goes, flips his hair. <laughs> but flips his hair. That is, and I think I've sent that to you in our text messages. <laughs> By the way, watchers, I want you to know that I randomly will look at my phone and my sister will have sent me like thirst traps of Tom Ellis just out of nowhere. No, no commentary. No, no message other than that. It's just like, hey. <laughs> because... So you remember that Avenue Q song, the internet is for porn (laughs) song. So there's a version of that song in my head that goes, Twitter is for for Tom Ellis. Like I follow all these like Lucifer fans and they just find these amazing photos or drawings that they've done that are, holy shit, not safe for work. (laughs) Yeah, that too. And I just like, and I'll like, I'll just be like random. Like I open Twitter and like, there it is. And I can't, I can't, I can't keep that to myself, people. Well, and I am not in any way complaining. 
I mean, I want to make that clear. This is not anything I want Tracy to stop doing. Keep <laughs> them coming. It's just so funny because like, I don't know, 25 years ago when I was starting college, I just can't imagine someone saying, you know, 25 years from now, your 46 year old sister will be sending you pictures of, of, an, act, of an actor from an show you both like on your pocket computer that can access anything in the world, anything at all. Oh man. Yeah. It'll be something she does regularly. I just, that that's just not something I would have expected to come about. The Lord works in mysterious ways. <laughs> As does Lucifer. <laughs> so do you have any fluff to add? No, I, I, I could not possibly that follow fluff. that. <laughs> no way in hell or heaven. <laughs> or Lux. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Oh, all right. Whew. So I think we, uh, we overthunk it enough. We have overthunk it and then some. We, we done overthunk those bad boys. <laughs> all right, y'all. We will see you next week. See you next week. Our theme song is Feral Angel Waltz by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Visit the show notes for the URL. I am an artificially generated voice, powered by Narakeep.com. Lucifer is a Warner Brothers production that first aired on Fox and then Netflix. Tracy and Emily are not affiliated with Fox, Netflix, nor WB. If you liked this episode, subscribe to Keep Overthinking with them, and visit the show notes for other ways to connect.